Retroredoctopus today stands with all of our black and brown brothers and sisters out there. We wanted to show our support. We wanted to show that we fully believe that Black Lives Matter and wanted to take this time to share a number of injustices and a number of victims of police brutality that have been potentially overlooked by some of our normal viewers and listeners and want to make sure that we do our part to share this information and show that we stand alongside you and we support you. And we're going to read a bunch of names and a short summary of what happened to each individual and hope that this strikes a chord with some of you listeners out there because this is a community that thrives on support from people of all races, of all creeds, of all colors. And we, we love you and support you and hear you and want your, your struggle to be heard. So I'm going to start off. Tamir Rice, a 911 call was placed because a young boy was seen waving around a probably fake gun and pointing it at people in a local park. According to information reported to the press on the day of the shooting, officers arrived, saw the boy pick up the gun, and put it in his waistband. Cleveland Deputy Chief Tomba stated that the officer got out of the car and told the boy to put his hands up. The boy reached into his waistband, pulled out the gun, and fired two shots. According to Chief Tomba, the child did not threaten the officer verbally or physically. The entire incident happened in less than two seconds. The officer later found that the gun was an airsoft gun, which had an orange safety tip removed. A video obtained by the Northeast Ohio Media Group released on January 7, 2015, show Rice's 14-year-old sister being forced to the ground, handcuffed, and placed in a patrol car after she ran toward her brother about two minutes after the shooting. It also shows that the police waited for four minutes before providing any first aid to her. The officers were placed on paid administrative leave, but ultimately not indicted. Tamir was 12 years old. Keith Scott from Charlotte, North Carolina. He was married and has seven children. His neighbors stated that he had previously suffered brain damage in an accident and had difficulty communicating. They said he often parked his truck in a shaded part of the apartment parking lot where, while waiting for his son's school bus in the afternoon. As his brain injury limited him from staying in the, in the direct sun for long periods of time, on September 20th, 2016, Keith was hit by a car, was in his car, reading. A passing police officer mistook him for an unrelated suspect with an outstanding warrant. Dash cam video showed no officers taking up positions backing up, I'm sorry, taking up positions behind a pickup truck and shouting commands at Scott inside his car. Scott then exited his car and was walking backwards with his hands down when venison fired at him four times, killing him. The officer's report claimed that Keith had pointed a gun at them, but this is not shown in the dash cam footage. The officer was not charged. Keith was 43 years old. Trayvon Martin, Sanford, Florida, shot walking to the home of his father's fiance, whom he was visiting. It was a gated community, and he was returning home from a trip to the convenience store. 
Trayvon was shot by resident George Zimmerman, who thought the kid looked suspicious and after calling the police, decided to take matters into his own hands. In the end, Zimmerman claimed self-defense and was later acquitted. Trayvon was 17. Sean Bell, Queens. Bell was killed on the morning before his wedding and two of his friends, Trent Benefield and Joseph Guzman, were severely wounded. Bell was hosting a bachelor party at Club Kalua, a strip club that was being investigated by undercover police over accusations that the owners fostered prostitution. The New York Post reported that Joseph Guzman had an argument with a man outside the bar and threatened to get a gun. One of the Bell's, one of Bell's friends reportedly said that he heard the man saying that he was getting his gun and he left the club. Thinking that a shooting was about to take place, a plainclothes officer named Gascard Isnora followed Bell and his companions. He alerted his backup team who confronted Bell and his companions outside. According to Isnora, he held out his badge, identified himself as a police officer, and ordered the driver to stop. But again, according to the police, instead, Bell accelerated the car, striking Isnora, and then collided with an unmarked police minivan. Isnora said that he thought he saw Guzman reach for a gun. He yelled a warning to the other policemen, and they opened fire on the car. Five policemen joined in firing about 50 bullets into Bell's car. Witness accounts, however, conflict with the account provided by the police. According to Joseph Guzman, the plainclothes detective never identified themselves at any point as they approached with their weapons drawn. According to the New York Daily News, witnesses claimed that the officers failed to warn Bell before opening fire beginning to shoot as soon as they left their cars. A toxicology report showed that Bell was legally intoxicated at the time he was shot, being at his bachelor party and all. An attorney for Bell's family replied, no matter what his blood, blood alcohol level was, he's a victim. The officers were found not guilty of charges. Jordan Edwards, Balch Springs, Texas, shot while riding in the front passenger seat of a car that was fleeing police pursuit. The officer who shot the con was convicted of murder and sentenced to 15 years in prison. Jordan was 15 years old. Stefan Clark, Middleview, Sacramento, California. In the backyard of his grandmother's house, he was shot eight times six in the back was holding a cell phone that was mistaken mistaken for a gun officers were not charged stefan was 22 years old tatiana jefferson fort worth texas tatiana was shot in her own home while babysitting her eight-year-old nephew by a police officer who is still under incident indictment excuse me for murder Tatiana was 28. Jonathan Farrell, Charlotte, North Carolina. Jonathan knocked on a random door to ask for help after he was in an auto accident. Resident became afraid at the sight of him and called the police who arrived and shot Jonathan 12 times until he was dead. 
The case ended in mistrial. And the post-mortem toxicology test, not that it fucking matters, but uh, it showed that Jonathan Farrell was not intoxicated or under the influence of alcohol. He literally just had a car accident. Jonathan was 24. Philando Castile, St. Paul, Minnesota. He's pulled over in a car. Castile was driving with his partner, Diamond Reynolds, and her four-year-old daughter when at 9 p.m. their vehicle was pulled over by Yanez and another officer. After being asked for his license and registration, Castile told Officer Yanez that he had a firearm Castile was licensed to carry, to which Yanez replied, don't reach for it then. And Castile said, I, I'm, I was reaching for, and Yanez, Yanez said, don't pull it out. Castile replied, I'm not pulling it out, Reynolds said. And Reynolds said, he's not. Yanez repeated, don't pull it out. And then shot at Castile at close range seven times, hitting him five. The officer was charged with second degree manslaughter. Manslaughter. And two counts of dangerous discharge of a firearm, but not found guilty. Philando was 32 years old. Walter Scott. North Charleston, South Carolina, pulled over for a non-functioning third brake light. The officer claimed that Walter grabbed his taser and ran with it, though a video shot by the bystander showed that this was not true. Still, the officer shot Walter Scott in the back, killing him as he ran and would later plead guilty to civil rights violations, getting 20 years. Walter was 50. Amado Diallo, New York City, shot by four police officers who claimed they mistook him for a rape suspect from one year earlier. Though this claim was never confirmed by any objective evidence. The officers fired a combined total of 41 shots, 19 of which struck Diallo outside of his apartment. Four officers were charged with second-degree murder and were all acquitted. Amado was 23. Renisha McBride, Dearborn Heights, Michigan, crashed her car while intoxicated, then walked to a neighborhood where she knocked on the door of a house looking for help. Sound familiar? The homeowner, Theodore Wafer, shot McBride with his shotgun. Wafer contended that the shooting was accidental and that he thought his home was being broken into after he heard her banging on his door at 4.42 in the morning. The homeowner was found guilty of second-degree manslaughter. No, uh, second-degree second murder, excuse me. Renisha was only 17. Alton Sterling, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Police were responding to a report that a man in a red shirt was selling CDs and that he had used a gun to threaten a man outside a convenience store shot at close range while being arrested. A bystander's video showed that Sterling never wielded the gun or threatened the officers before being shot multiple times. No charges were filed. Alton, known locally as the CD man, was 37 years old. Freddie Gray, Baltimore, Maryland, beaten to death by officers while being transported in a police van. All officers involved were acquitted. Freddie was 25. Ayana Jones, 
Detroit, Michigan. On May 16, 2010, she was in her bed sleeping, accidentally shot by officer in a raid on the wrong apartments. Officer Joseph Weekly fired the fatal shots. He pushed, away, he pushed his way inside, protected by a ballistic shield. Weekly claimed Ayanna Jones's, Ayanna Jones's maternal grandmother, Martilla, Martilla Jones, attempted to slap his MP5 submachine gun, causing it to fire. The bullet struck Ayanna, killing the young girl. Weekly stated, a woman inside grabbed my gun. It fired. The bullet hit a child. Weekly was charged with involuntary manslaughter and negligent firing of a weapon causing death. But after two mistrials, he was cleared of all charges. Ayana was seven. Terrence Crutcher, Tulsa, Oklahoma, was walking away from his disabled vehicle, which was left in the middle of a road. Officers arrived to investigate, but when Terrence didn't respond to their commands, he was shot and killed. The offending officer was found not guilty of manslaughter. Terrence was 40. Jordan Davis, Jacksonville, Florida. Shot by Michael David Dunn, a 45-year-old software developer, following an argument over loud music played by Davis and his three friends. Dunn was convicted on three counts of attempted second-degree murder for firing at three other teenagers who were with Davis and one count of firing into a vehicle. The jury could not reach a verdict about whether to convict Dunn for the murder of Jordan Davis at the first trial. In the second trial, Dunn was found guilty of the first-degree murder of Jordan Davis. Jordan was 17 years old. Michael Brown, Ferguson, Missouri shot 12 times by an officer after an alteration. No charges filed. Michael was 18. John Crawford, Beaver Creek, Ohio, shopping at Walmart, holding an unpackaged BB gun that he was purchasing. Police officers shot John in the arm and in the chest. No charges were filed. John was 22. Sandra Bland. Land was pulled over for a minor traffic violation on July 10th by state trooper Brian Encina. Encinia. The exchange escalated, resulting in Bland's arrest and charge for assaulting a police officer. There is uh, significant dash cam footage uh, that was taken and released, and I will describe that to you now. Um, in response to controversy over Bland's arrest and death, on July 21st, the Texas Department of Public, Public Safety released the dash cam footage of the arrest. Parts of the video appeared to be edited with images of cars and people appearing or vanishing on the road, while the audio of Insinia's voice proceeded without interruption. A spokesperson for the Department of Public Safety said that irregularities in the video resulted from technical issues that occurred when the video was posted. They then took down the problem video and replaced it with another version. This foot video showed that Insinia's tone and attitude change after he asks if Bland is irritated, and she answers affirmatively. Yes, she's fucking irritated. He initially wrote a routine traffic violation warning for Bland after she moved over, but did not signal to him to let him pass since he was talking to her closely. 
After he returns to her car and speaks briefly to her again, he asks her to put out her cigarette. She responds by saying, why do I have to put out a cigarette when I'm in my own car? Insinia then orders her to get out of the car. And when she repeatedly refuses to exit, he tells her that she is under arrest. Bland repeatedly asks why she is under arrest. And Insinia responds, I'm giving you a lawful order. She refuses to leave her card, stating that she is not under arrest as she is unaware of the reason and is not obliged to. Insinia then opens her car door and tells her more than a dozen times to get out of the car before he tries to pull her out. After struggling, he draws his taser and points it at Bland, shouting, I will light you up. Get out. At which point she exits her vehicle. Once Bland is out of her car, the officer orders her to put down the cell phone and tells her she's going to jail. In response, Bland asks, why? In the video, both Bland and the officer move to the passenger side of the vehicle and are no longer visible when they, while they continue to argue heatedly. Bland can be heard crying and screaming. Three days after her arrest, Sandra was found dead in her jail cell. Her death was ruled as a suicide, though an FBI investigation was launched due to the suspicious circumstances. In the end, Waller County Sheriff R. Glenn Smith, who ran the jail in which Bland died, was placed in charge of Waller County's investigation into her death. Smith later suspended, Smith was later suspended and fired from his previous post as chief of police after alleged incidents of racism and brutality. Sandra Bland was 28 years old. Oscar Grant, Oakland, California. While handcuffed and lying face down, Officer Johannes Messerl shot Oscar in the back. Officer was found guilty of involuntary manslaughter. Oscar was 22 years old. Corey Jones, Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Corey was killed by Officer Newman K. Raja while waiting by his disabled car. Raja, who was in plain clothes and in an unmarked white van, approached Jones, who was waiting by his disabled vehicle on a highway exit ramp. Within seconds, Raja fired six shots at Jones, striking him three times. After the shooting, Raja falsely claimed to investigators that he had identified himself as a police officer and shot Jones in self-defense. Both assertions were disproved by an audio recording of the, tr- of the fatal shooting. Raja was charged with manslaughter by negligence and attempted first-degree murder with a firearm. He was convicted of the charges on March 7th, 2019, following an eight day jury trial. Raja was sentenced to 25 years. Corey Jones was 31. Otham Jean, Dallas, Texas. On September 6th, 2018, off-duty Dallas Police Department patrol officer Amber Geiger entered the Dallas, Texas apartment of 26-year-old accountant Otham Jean and fatally shot him. Geiger said that she had entered the apartment believing it was her own, and that she shot Jean 
believing he was a burglar. The fact that Geiger, a white police officer, shot and killed Jean, an unarmed black man, and was initially only charged with manslaughter, resulted in protests and accusations of racial bias. On October 1st, 2019, Geiger was found guilty of murder. The next day, she received a sentence of 10 years in prison. Otham Jean was killed in his own home at the age of 26. Eric Garner, uh, Staten Island, New York. NYPD officers approached Garner on July 17, 2014, on suspicion that he was selling single cigarettes, what they call grand larceny, by the way, from packs without tax stamps. After Garner told the police that he was tired of being harassed and that he was not selling cigarettes, the officers attempted to arrest Garner. Eric Garner died after Officer Danielle Pantaleo put him in a chokehold while arresting him. Video footage of the incident showed Garner crying out that he couldn't breathe which generated widespread national attention and raised questions about the appropriate use of force by law enforcement. There were no indictments, but Pantaleo was eventually fired five years later and stripped of his pension. Pantaleo then turned around and attempted to sue the city of New York for firing him. Eric Gardner was 43 years old and the father of six, his youngest being just three months old. Breonna Taylor, Louisville, Kentucky, shot eight times and killed by police who were investigating two men who they believed were selling drugs out of a house that was far from Ms. Taylor's home. A judge had also signed a no-knock warrant allowing the police to search Ms. Taylor's residence because the police said they believed one of the two men involved had used her apartment to receive packages. The judge ordered this no-knock warrant which allowed the police to enter without warning or identifying themselves as law enforcement. Louisville police say that they only fired inside Ms. Taylor's home after they were first fired upon by Kenneth Walker, Ms. Taylor's boyfriend, who was in bed with her. They said that Mr. Walker wound, wounded one of the officers who was hit in a leg, but was expected to make a full recovery. recovery. Mr. Walker was subsequently charged with attempted murder of a police officer, though the charge was dismissed earlier this month. The police also assert that despite having a no-knock warrant, that they knocked several times and identified themselves as police with a warrant before entering the apartment. The police say that the officers then forced entry into the exterior door and were immediately met with gunfire. The officer who was wounded and two others then returned fire, the police said. The three officers have been placed on administrative reassignment. Ms. Taylor's relatives and their lawyers say that the police never identified themselves before entering despite their claims. They also say that Mr. Walker was licensed to carry a gun. Mr. Walker, 27, said that he feared for his life and only fired in self-defense, believing that someone was trying to break into their home. 
He didn't know that these were police officers, and they found no drugs in the apartment. None, said Mr. Walker's lawyer, Rob Eggert. He was scared for his life and scared for her life. Miss Taylor's mother, Tamika Palmer, said that her daughter had had big dreams and planned a lifelong career in healthcare after serving as an EMT and as an emergency room technician. Breonna was 26 years old. Doug Lewis from Minnesota. A suspected racist white driver has been arrested and charged after shooting and killing an African-American man. Police arrested Anthony Trefili and charged him with the murder of Doug Lewis, a 39-year-old African-American man in a road rage incident. The two men were involved in a minor accident. Trefili, who had a concealed carry permit, said he shot Lewis because he was quote, unquote, reaching toward his waistband as he advanced. Trefilty also said that Lewis identified himself as a gang member, saying he was a GD, quote, unquote, meaning, meaning a gangster disciple. However, Valerie Lewis, Doug's sister, argued that Trefilty, his attempts at a self-defense rationalization for the shooting is only happening as part of an effort to obscure what actually happened. Police also said that Lewis was unarmed. Doug was 39 years old. Ahmad Arbery, Glen County, Georgia. Arbery had been pursued and confronted by two white residents, Travis McMichael and his father Gregory, who were armed and driving a pickup truck. After pointing the shotgun at Avery, Avery grabbed the barrel of the gun and Travis fired. Later, it was claimed that the McMichaels mistook Arbery for a burglary suspect and that Arbery initiated the fight that Travis McMichael was allowed to use deadly force to protect himself when Arbery grabbed the shotgun. The fact that the McMichaels were not arrested until 74 days later after the video went viral sparked a debate on racial profiling in America. Numerous religious leaders, politicians, athletes, and other celebrities condemned the incident. The GCPD and the Brunswick District Attorney's Office were nationally criticized for their handling of the case and the delayed arrests. Georgia Attorney General Christopher M. Carr formally requested the intervention of the FBI in the case on May 10th, the FBI granted the following day. George Floyd, Minneapolis, Minnesota. George Floyd, who is suspected of passing a counterfeit $20 bill, died in Minneapolis, Minnesota after Derek Chauvin, a white police officer, pressed his knee to Floyd's neck for almost nine minutes while Floyd was handcuffed face down in the fucking street. Two other officers further restrained Floyd while a fourth prevented onlookers from intervening. intervening. During the final three minutes, Floyd was motionless and had no pulse, but officers made no attempt 
to revive him, and Chauvin kept his knee on Floyd's neck. Even as arriving emergency medical technicians attempted to treat him. I think we're going to leave it there. Those are 28 names, 28 human beings who lost their life for no good reason. There is a serious problem in this country and it's not comfortable to look at and it's not comfortable to talk about and it's not comfortable to hear about and it shouldn't be. But we're going to do it anyway. We're here for our black and brown brothers and sisters. We love you. And if there's anything we can do, please let us know. We hope that this at least, as Tim said, was a shock to the system for no other reason than it's so different for us to, to have done something like this. And we hope that you weren't expecting it and that you're shook. And for the rest of us, for everybody from Retroid Octopus and uh, every, every one of our Retroids, we love you. And you know what? Black Lives Matter, and they always fucking have. <laughs>